Welcome to the Thrive Podcast from Syngenta, where the latest news, farming tips, and innovations come together to inform and inspire. Within the ag industry, there is one pest that even the mention of increases a corn grower's heart rate, the billion dollar pest. Yes, today we are talking about corn rootworm. This pest, as many are familiar with, was nicknamed the billion dollar bug for the enormous economic costs to U.S. growers and the devastation it can cause and did cause in 2021 with high pest pressure. Mean McDonald, insecticide product lead at Syngenta, says it best. Corn rootworm remains the most adaptive and destructive pest in corn in the U.S. today. Um, and so when you add up the value of all the yield loss and couple that with the value that growers are investing into control measures, um, this is a pest that costs growers a billion dollars a year. Kyle Van Bogart is a third generation corn and soybean farmer in Belmont, Wisconsin. His operation is about 60% corn and 40% soybeans, of course, depending on um, the year and the markets. Alongside his dad, uncle, and cousin, Kyle farms about 2,400 acres. Kyle has seen firsthand on their operation the need and the lifeline that it is to have a multi-year corn rootworm management strategy. Back in 2012, we were farming corn on corn in some fields for five years without putting an insecticide or a smart stack or a corn with the, with the corn rootworm trait in it. Well, that year, uh, the corn rootworm showed its ugly face and uh, ate all the roots. And where we just had the double stack corn with no insecticide, we uh, lost about 170 bushel than what we were normal normally seeing. Mead, what's one of the main things that impacts corn rootworm pressure year after year for growers like Kyle? A key environmental indicator that growers should be aware of and thinking about is um, in the month of June when eggs are hatching and and into the larvae that feed, um, it's really important to to, um, be on the lookout for what the weather's doing. Um, You know, in in 2017, 18, and 19, we had some pretty wet soils uh, in the month of June. And we know that corn rootworm larvae can, can drown. And so, you know, on the contrast, in 2020, we had a, a warm, dry June, which really resulted in, uh, in an environment that was very favorable for corn rootworm to hatch and feed. And, and we did see higher... Um, uh, adult corn rootworm beetle populations last year. Um, and so those environmental indicators around the weather, especially in June, uh, are important. You know, for a warmer, drier June, growers should be digging some roots to, to confirm uh, damage levels, and at the same time be thinking about scouting above ground for beetles uh, in July and August. That's so tricky because you never really know what weather you're going to get on any given year. Um, So what's the threshold that they need to keep in mind as they are scouting during those key times, particularly in July and August? The threshold that we recommend is if a grower um, finds one to one and a half beetles per plant, that is a strong indication that there could be larvae feeding uh, taking place next, in next year's crop, and, and that assumes that it stay, that field stays in corn. Gosh, assuming it stays in corn, yeah. Um, it's extremely important for corn growers to work corn rootworm management tactics into their planning each season, and not just year by year, but really an expansive multi-year plan, right? 
It's important to have a multi-year strategy uh, to control corn rootworm because again, this, this pest is adaptive and destructive and has, a, has shown a history of overcoming various uh, control measures. And so, um, you know, you, we use, we've got a lot of tools to control corn rootworm, you know, those being the use of corn rootworm traits. We've got soil applied insecticides. We've got foliar applied insecticides. We've got seed treatments. Um, and then when you couple that in with all the environmental conditions that impact the life cycle of this pest, you know, you've got um, favorable environmental conditions in the month of June when eggs are hatching. Um, you've got rotation and scouting efforts. Um, there is no singular technology that uh, growers can rely on for corn rootworm control. And it really boils down to how we integrate all of, all of these um, options to control the pest into a long-term strategy. Right. It really is an all-sides, 360-degree approach that's needed to combat this pest. Kyle, as a grower who has experienced the damage and stress of this pest in your fields, what do you guys do um, or use on your operation to manage or control corn rootworm? For us, we go and try and use four, four different tools to keep, keep the pest at bay. And that is going and put plant corn that has a the rootworm trait on it. Go, go and uh, we put insecticide on when we plant. We uh, fly a fun, uh, insecticide on when we put a fungicide on. And then also we'll scout fields and determine if the if the corn rootworm are becoming above the threshold point. And if we determine that. Uh, that field is at its max, we will break the rotation and go and plant some soybeans into that field the next year to try and keep the keep the rootworms at bay and keep them from becoming resistant to to all the tools that we have to manage them. The Syngenta products that we use to control corn rootworm is the Force Insecticide 6.5G and it has done a wonderful job for us. Um, we go and put that on all our corn on corn and it's nice that now with the 6.5G, we're only putting on 2.5 uh, pounds the acre. So it makes it so when we fill up the planter, we can plant for almost a full day without having to put insecticide back in. We also go and use uh, Warrior, which is a Syngenta product, and fly that on when we uh, fly on our fungicide to go and kill the corn rootworm beetles that are out there. I'm sure that can sometimes feel like extreme measures, but with a pest that can severely impact your bottom line, if not taken care of proactively and retroactively if necessary, these aren't really considered extreme, right? Like they're vital. Um, Kyle, any words of wisdom or insight that you want to share with our listeners or growers who are also struggling to manage corn rootworm? The way we manage corn rootworm to get the high yields is just go and scout the fields each year and determine what, if the population is a low population a high, or a high population, and if it's a high population, then you really gotta sit down and look at how, what, what you need to do to control it. Do you need to maybe go and break up, the year, break up that year and put a year of soybeans in? Or do, do you go and plant a, or do you plant a hybrid that has a different mode of uh, action to control the corn rootworm 
that you've all, that you've previously been doing? Absolutely. Such good questions to ask yourself in planning or even at the beginning of the season. Mead, what about you? What is something that you want our growers to really take away from all of this? It's really important to utilize all those tools in, in rotation to preserve that technology for the future. And, and But more importantly, ensure that growers can continue to be confident that they can grow a high yielding crop and, and have control, uh, especially in those, those high pressure fields. That's great. Thank you so much, Mead and Kyle, for your insight on corn rootworm and offering your tips on how growers can combat this billion dollar pest. Stay tuned because up next, we're joined by AgRedge specialist, Jeremy Yelenek. growers are seeking every year to enhance their profitability and their operational bottom line, which is impacted by so many different factors and variables. Today, I'm joined by Jeremy Yelenik, an agri-edge specialist with Syngenta who can help shed some light on the challenges growers face and how knowing their numbers can help them operate a more profitable farm. So thank you so much for being here, Jeremy. Um, tell me a little bit about you, what brought you to ag and what you do with Syngenta. Uh, thanks, Katie, for having me on this morning. Uh, a little bit about me. Um, you know, I'm a uh, farm kid uh, from uh, from uh, eastern Nebraska. Grew up on a, a corn uh, soybean rotation, and we also uh, raised hogs for uh, a lot of time as well. So I think uh, what brought me to ag is just my, uh, you know, growing up uh, on the farm and uh, just being always uh, rooted in ag uh, after school, uh, spent some time uh, in the seed industry, and then uh, which ultimately uh, led uh, to me to Syngenta. I've been with Syngenta for about uh, eight years. Uh, had a, uh, a couple different roles uh, within the industry um, or within uh, Syngenta. Um, currently what I'm doing with Syngenta is I'm a agrid specialist uh, here in uh, part of eastern Nebraska and also uh, part of Kansas. That's awesome. So Tell me a little bit, what are some of the challenges that you are seeing with growers when it comes to knowing their numbers and figuring out how to maximize their profitability? If you think about uh, farming, you know, it's a complex business um, and they're managing uh, multiple things. So I think some uh, other challenges that we see today is um, actually gathering the data, right, to get to that mm -hmm. number of, you know, where profitability is ultimately coming from. Growers have a very good idea of, you know, how many bushels they harvest in a year. And, and that's a really good starting point, uh, you know, start putting some data, um, you know, back to, you know, like field level profitability. So I think get, gathering the data, I think the other part of that is, um, you know, capturing the, the variable cost and fixed costs and, you know, and something, especially with the variable cost, especially going into, uh, you know, 2022, uh, you know, planning is, you um, Ag inputs are uh, always changing. Um, you know, I'd say across the uh, industry, you know, we've seen, uh, you know, just a uh, lot of different prices, you know, happening. And, uh, you know, from, uh, you know, fertilizer to seed to, uh, you know, crop protection, which ultimately makes up, you know, a pretty big uh, chunk of that operation. And I would even say equipment prices are, are always changing. It's really taking the time, uh, you know, to sit down and and knowing what those numbers are. What we see growers really excelling is, you know, just breaking down the profit by field um, because that allows growers to make uh, different decisions by field. Yeah, that's really interesting because you you made the point to say that, you know, they, they know how profitable they are from like a field, like operational perspective, from a whole farm perspective. But it's really when they drill down into those field by field level insights that they get 
the nitty gritty of the numbers and can see like, oh, we could increase something here. We should probably decrease something here. So why does knowing and understanding data from like a full season perspective matter as opposed to just looking at something in a certain time? Yeah, I think the other uh, perspective, knowing that data from a full season, you know, also matters because uh, the other thing, you know, working with growers is, you know, every agronomic decision, uh, you know, that a grower can make, you know, it has an economic impact on our on the operation. You know, not only do we have, you know, variable costs and fixed costs are always changing, but the the other thing that's always changing is uh, if we look the uh, commodity price on a day-to-day basis is always changing. So I think if, you know, uh, producers today, you know, have a, you know, good marketing plan and, and you know, can lock in, um, you know, certain price points throughout the year and really looking at it from a full season perspective, I mean, that allows, um, you know, growers to make those informed decisions, uh, which ultimately have, uh, which can turn into better profit. So, you know, from a grower standpoint, uh, you know, the change, some of the, you know, some of those challenges are, okay, I got my variable, my, my prices are always moving around, but also my selling price is always moving around. So, you know, where is that fine line to ultimately, you know, turn a profit? You know, for example, if I, you know, if I'm going to, you know, fertilize, you know, corn for 250 or, you know, 225. Okay. What does that mean? You know, from a profitability standpoint, right? I know maybe I'm saving some money on my fertilizer, but, you know, in reality, am I losing more money? Um, because, uh, you know, I'm not maybe going to grow as much corn, for example. So I think there's just some, uh, those things that always, uh, play into it as well as, you know, knowing those numbers and that knowing that every agronomic decision has that economic impact, you know, on that operation. Yeah. So touching on that, how can they build a plan based on those sound agronomics? We've seen a pretty good commodity price and yields have been pretty good this year. Uh, but overall, I mean, if you look at a 10 year average, uh, margins have been pretty tight uh, in the mm-hmm. past. So so I think just, you know, knowing the numbers, um, you know, making those agronomic decisions um, ultimately leads uh, to economics. I have a conversation uh, with our producers today. I always ask them, hey, do you do you plan before you buy or do you buy before you plan? You know, I'd say a lot of times um, I get, well, you know, I just go in and I buy and then I figured out, you know, where uh, where this crop protection product's going to go or, you know, where, where the seed's going to go, you know, after I buy it. So when I ask them that question, they really kind of think about it in a different way of, you know, if I really have a plan, uh, you know, before I buy, then that can really, then I can really um, look into the details of, okay, here's what I'm buying and here's where it's going. And, you know, I think the other thing is if you know what you're buying too, um, that also leads to, you know, making good agronomic decisions up front versus, you know, maybe later on in the year. I think the other side of it is, What I see in our industry today is, you know, growers have a plan, but, you know, maybe that plan can, you know, maybe kind of get derailed from weather or, you know, or, uh, you know, weed pressure, things like that. And then, you know, for example, uh, you know, spraying a fungicide, you know, in season. I mean, if that grower did not have that in his plan um, and then he's just waiting, um, you know, maybe to put that fungicide application on because maybe we got hit with the disease. Um, you know, event that happened. I mean, that can ultimately change, um, you know, some of the numbers. So I think building that, you know, plan, you know, a crop plan on good agronomics 
um, that can lead to good economics is especially the right way to go, especially when margins can be tight. How can a program like the Agridge Whole Farm Management Program help growers track and maximize the profitability on a field level um, and operationally just field by field, you know, tracking all those inputs, how can that really help them be more profitable? Really, that program's really, you know, designed to help growers um, make data-driven decisions uh, on their operation. You know, the whole farm management program can really allow growers to know the numbers and, uh, and, you, and also understand that field level profitability. Um, the other thing that really comes into, the, into that is crop planning as well. Um, you know, within the whole farm management program, I mean, there's there's a uh, a great uh, set of information in there that allows a grower to uh, come up with a crop plan, and then ultimately also analyze uh, what that plan is. You know, throughout the year, and I mean, maybe here's what my plan was uh, back in November, December when I'm planning it out, but then now, what did the plan actual end up being? You know, how what was the variable differences? You know, from that plan. Uh, that I had planned out in December uh, versus what it ended up being, say, like in August or September. So it's really just me, you know, making those informed data-driven decisions and really turning, uh, you know, agronomics uh, into economics, which, you know, which we really see um, helps growers, you know, maximize that profitability. And like I talked about, really driving in into, you know, field-level profitability um, and to make uh, those better informed decisions. Okay, how can I use something like the technology offering within AgReg? Tell me a little bit about that for somebody who's not as tech savvy. Sure. Yeah, that, I, I think that kind of ties into, uh, you know, having that trusted advisor uh, on that operation. Uh, we try and really, um, you know, with an AgReg, we really try and, you know, make that a very easy process, you know, for the producer. Um, and part of it is, uh, you know, having on-farm service, uh, you know, that we at Syngenta can provide. You know, if that crow, if that producer chooses uh, to do that, um, you know, he would have that trusted advisor on his farm. I think that's you know pretty important because, you know, then everyone has a clear picture of you know what the goal is, you know, for that operation. And I think the good thing is with their whole farm management program is, you know, a lot of people today is we're always on the go. Um, we don't really have time to you know sit in front of our computers that often. But, you know, having that data in your hands, such as your cell phone, I think is very, very important, right? I mean, if, if you can have a lot of your information, you know, right on your phone and make those decision, decisions on the go, um, mm-hmm. I think that can ultimately lead to a great profitability. But I think, yeah, you know, if a person is uh, or a producer is scared, you know, maybe, of you know, sounds really intimidating. I think, uh, you know, there's a great support, uh, you know, system. Uh, you know, behind you, working right alongside with you, you know, to help you make those decisions. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me this morning. It's nice to hear from somebody who's really out in the field, boots on the ground with the growers. To learn more about AgReg, visit syngentaus.com slash AgReg. Y'all, it is the most wonderful time of the year. Not only are kids jingle belling and everyone is of good cheer, but the Accelerating a Generation Syngenta Scholarship for 2022 run by the National FFA organization, is now open for applications. Thrive TV's Adam Baxt has all the details. Yes, uh, college students across the U.S. pursuing an education in agricultural or farm studies, grab your hot chocolate, get cozy, and send in your applications. Um, Six students will be selected to win a 
$2,500 scholarship and a $500 donation to the charity of their choice. Wow, that's great. So how long do students have to apply? Well, the application period runs from now until January 11th, and applicants have to be a U.S. resident, and those in higher education institutions must be enrolled as of this fall in an accredited ag program at a land-grant university. And though this is run by the National FFA organization, students do not need to be a part of it. Uh, They don't need to be FFA members to apply. Where can they go to learn more? For more information, students can visit syngenta-us.com slash scholarships. Best of luck to everyone applying. Thank you so much for joining me, Adam. Tune in next month for more ag stories. Thank you for listening to the Thrive Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to receive the latest updates in your favorite podcast listening platform. FFA is a registered trademark of the National FFA organization and used with permission. Use of the FFA name does not represent an endorsement by FFA of this product or service or an endorsement by FFA of the manufacturer or provider of this product or service. Copyright 2021 Syngenta. Always read and follow label instructions.